I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Today, I speak with Christine Ward, who shares her healing journey. Christine held a corporate role with increasing responsibility, moving toward a senior leadership role until an MS diagnosis changed her life. She says, I was already living a healthy lifestyle when I got diagnosed. What else can I do? Christine challenges us to look at the choices we make in our life. I love the soulful nuggets in this episode. Christine tells us that every time she had a health challenge, it led her to something bigger. She leaves us with a very soothing message. Everything is going to be okay. Well, welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, Christine Ward. Thank you, Dana. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a great appreciation for this conversation because we already did a little pre-conversation and so many great nuggets came out of it. And then you send me, uh, sent me a wonderful email sort of detailing some other ideas. And the last line of your email struck me. So I'm going to begin at the end and then we'll go back to the beginning. Sure. And so you said at the end of the day, it all leads right back to ourselves and the choices we make. So how is choices, you know, why, why are these choices important to you? Can you take us back to the beginning when you were set on a path of, I know you've had some health struggles that Mm -hmm. sort of launched a path that maybe made you make certain choices in your life or took you on a path. Can you take us back to the beginning of those challenges? I will. So, so it's really interesting, um, to stand at this point in my life and think back about what's brought me to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I when I sent you that email outlining my background and the foundation that brought me here, you know, we, we so so often we get caught up. No matter how much training we have and how much self study we've had, it's really easy to get caught up in the day to day in the demands of life and the in the world we live in, which is con- full of constant distractions. Mm-hmm. And we end up making unconscious decisions. And so mm-hmm. we make, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of decisions through the run of a day. And how many of them are actually conscious and deliberate? Mm. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a position where you're saying, how did I get here? Is this what I really want? Is this mm-hmm. where I really want to be? And uh, and so through the studies I've, you know, my yoga studies, the meditation, and the Ayurveda, and and when one part of Ayurveda that really resonates with me is that so much of our health, and it's not only the health, our health, our wellness, our happiness is, is based on the choices we made. Mm. Um, because you're versed in Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic, say, yeah. Ayurvedic yeah. medicine, a facilitator yeah. or I'm a, an a educator, teacher? an educator. Yeah. So a consultant mm-hmm. educator. Yeah. Uh, I, I only went so far with the studies because I felt that to you really have to immerse yourself in that lifestyle to be able to become a practitioner. It's basically as intense as becoming a doctor. Right. And I wasn't prepared to go that far with it because I had to stop and say, well, am I, am I living these principles myself? Mm-hmm. And that itself is almost a full-time job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't it leading yourself? Leading yourself is the highest form of leadership. That's yes, a quote from exactly. John Maxwell, and that is exactly. a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I, but I, so I kept going back and saying, 
what are these principles about and what do they mean to me and how can I use that to teach other people? Because mm. I do a lot of teaching through our yoga right. business and, and even through um, volunteerism, I'm doing a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring and things like that. And so how can I, how can I incorporate it in my own life and learn about it and how can I bring it to mm. others? And, and the, the concept of choices always kept popping up. Right. So what choices have we made? And and it's partly the choices you made that brought you to where you are, but sometimes there's circumstances in life that bring you to place that you may not have had control over. Right. But you still have choices over mm-hmm. how you feel about them. And some and of the things that you, you haven't had control over or at the beginning were some of those health challenges. Yes. And, and so w- where does that begin that, you know, before your health challenges, how were you living your life? You, you, were you a co- co-owner of, or owner of uh, the Amana Institute then? Yes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So up to that point, I had a full-time job. Um, I was in, uh, I was running a trading team. So oil trading, right. You had a big job, I had big a big job, job. Yeah. futures trading. I had like, you know, we had budgets in the billions of dollars that I was responsible for. Plus a fairly large team of people, a uh, group of people that reported to me. Were you stressed out? Um, you know, like I had a, a yoga and, and meditation practice right. and that kept me fairly kept balanced. And I always felt like that did it for me. Um, what took me over the edge for my stress was when my mom got sick Mm. and, uh, because to see a parent struggle and suffer the way she did was so heartbreaking. And then, and then she was at such a young age with dementia, uh, that it, uh, you know, it was, it was above and beyond. And that took me, kind of pushed me over the edge of stress. And that's when it, it became out of control because through that experience and that, and there was that you know, several weeks where my sisters and I had to do nothing but focus on her. But at the same time, I'm still trying to keep in touch with my job and stay on top of things. Right. Um, although my company is always very good with giving me the space I need mm-hmm. when you have personal mm-hmm. situations like, you know, like most yes. companies are yeah. and should be. But again, I still put pressure on myself to sure. That's stay natural. in touch and be in charge and be responsible. And, um, but you were coming to a breaking point with having to deal with your mom's health challenges yes. and dealing with your own life. Right. And what was the breaking point? And then, uh, well, it was through that, that once I, you know, once she was kind of in a safe place, then I just kind of went back to work trying to continue and job was very busy. There was like a little extra stress happening at the time. And all of a sudden it just, my body started shutting down. Mm. Um, you know, I woke up one day, I was on a business trip. And I woke up one day and half my body's numb. And my immediate reaction is, that's odd. Yeah. And I happened to be in the States and I thought, well, I was, the day I was traveling home, I thought, hmm, okay, that doesn't seem normal. I think I'm going to have to get that checked out. And this is a Friday. And then, so I just flew home with half my with body half your, Did you mention to anybody that your body was numb? I didn't. I waited till I got home and I mentioned wow. to my husband and I said, I think I'll go in and see the doctor next week. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And I didn't think anything more of it, but I had had situations similar to that at a smaller extent prior. So these are probably the warning shots. Warning, yeah. Prior, because I had probably had MS, MS for years. Right. And these, and this was. And, a, and that was the diagnosis when she went to was. the doctor. Is that well, you, after, that's what the numbness and everything was related after to. After some time. Once they ruled out. Right. It's not stroke. It's not. Right. Because I first issues. went to my doctor and he says, yeah, that's odd. We'll have to kind of get you tested. Mm-hmm. We'll maybe line you up for an MRI. And then a couple days later, 
was when I started noticing coordination issues. Mm. So I went to scratch my ear and my left hand went to touch my ear. In fact, but it ended up in the back of my head and that sent off alarms for me. Well, okay, yeah. this is serious. There's something really big going on. So I went to the emergency room and immediately was tested because they're, and then the doctor lectured me after, because when I told him <laughs> what led up to that point, he says, okay. He's like, he, what? <laughs> and he said, okay, you don't have a tumor. Like we've ruled out that you don't have a tumor. You haven't had a stroke. We think you may have MS, but, and then he sat down and gave you a talking to, you know, the, a, a four, this, a 41-year-old woman, healthy woman, should not wake up one day and have half her body numb. And you don't... And ignore s- that. And and say, For okay, bit. I'll just see my doctor when I get around to it. You need to go to emergency immediately. So mm-hmm. that was a good lesson for me. Um, but then, you know, MS is is a chronic disease. It's not something that you can go get, tre- you know, an immediate treat- treatment for and then it's over. You can mm-hmm. get treated for symptoms. But yeah, even after the symptoms subside, you have a chronic illness. And it, it took me a year to realize that I need to change my life. And it wasn't a, you know, a sudden change. It was incremental. Yeah, suddenly over time. Or over, over time, it was yeah. suddenly you had the realization yes. that you have to gradually change things yeah 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 and it was reluctant like I reluctantly changed it I was I was like you know a little bit angry about this like well this isn't this isn't part of my plan this isn't consistent with me to grow and develop and you know and have a thriving business and And have a a successful career and this doesn't this is yeah that you don't can't uh, this interruption on the on your timeline yeah it's like how dare you body you're not supposed to you know you're supposed to go along with my plan. And were you even more annoyed because you were already doing yoga and meditation and you felt like you were doing good self-care? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was, and that was the frustrating part. It's like, what else am I supposed to be doing here? Right. And um, did, did you blame yourself? Or did you accept that this is some, you know, something that has happened in your body that you couldn't control? I think I was probably back and forth with the blame thing. Yeah. I probably had a dartboard with all kinds of things to throw darts at uh, that would have led to that. You know, one day I might be mad at one particular person, another might be something else, another day it's me. Yes. Um, so yeah. it was it was really just trying to, and at the same time, there was still all these things going on in my life that, that distracted me, that, that needed my immediate attention, mm-hmm. that kept me from kind of sitting down and say, what do I really need to do with this mm-hmm. to be, um, to get to where I need to be in terms of health, wellness, happiness. Right. And where did that path lead you then? I have a feeling this has to do with some of the choices that we're talking about. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was when I was, I was, yeah. men- I mentioned the program I took, uh, woman leading women. And it was just a nice situation where it was like an all women's course and, and where you're, you're paired with some of your colleagues and I had a very good group of women in this that I that I worked with, and and through these discussions, um, it, it made me realize. And people, I guess, actually knocking me on the head, really saying, "Is this really according to your values?" I people remember, challenging you. Yeah. On, yeah, yeah, it really was. And I remember having dinner with some friends, dinner and wine, and we're just talking about this, and and. Uh, and I just casually, because there was one woman in my group that I hadn't known prior to that, and she didn't know my history. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know and I was kind of complaining about something that was really stressful and it's like and it was a person involved and I'm like you know they and you know I've got all this and these these demands on my time and I've got MS I'm supposed to be managing that and she literally she was in the middle of taking a bite of food she dropped her fork and looked at me and she said you have MS and I said yeah and she said don't you have a really stressful job? Don't you have a really busy life? And, and, and the way she just kind of focused so much on me in that moment that really kind of pushed me back. It was like she pushed me against the wall and said, what are you doing? I mean, that's not right. really what happened, but that's the it way. It jarred you. It jarred it me. It got your attention that she's reacting to. Yeah. And, your... and what it really fell down is, to is, are you really living according to your values? Mm -hmm. If health is so important to you, and you have a chronic illness that if you don't manage your stress and manage your schedule and allow more time for rest and relaxation and restoration, are you going to be as healthy as you expect to be and live? Because I've always said, I'm going to live to be 100 years old and I'm going to teach yoga until I'm 100 years mm -hmm. old. And is that leading me to that? Because I'm a, I have an illness now that if I have another attack, it could leave me disabled. Mm. And so what does that mean? And that's what really made me kind of sit back and say, is this going to lead me to where I expect mm. to be later on in life, like 10, right. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now? So you're already, already doing yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. I assume you're probably eating well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what other changes then did you begin to make? To, that made you focus on your health? Because I'm, I'm looking at that thinking that seems like a pretty good lifestyle. Yeah, you have a, a big corporate job, but you, you, you know, you're, you're on top of it. You're not a corporate fat cat that's, you know, that's, yeah. you know, not going to the gym or, you know, not eating well or. Well, and it's a good question that you asked that way because that's the same thing I was asking myself. I was saying, well, what more should I be doing here? Right. right? And that was part of the anger of all this. You know, I already, you know, do yoga and I meditate like what, you know, really like, you know, as if I were to, and then I didn't do this, but like shake my fist at God and say, <laughs> yes. what more do you want from me? Yeah. And it was, um, I guess. What was the answer that you came up with? There's no one answer, but it was what, what gaps are there in your life? with what your values are mm. and so obviously this values conversation and we've talked on this podcast a number of times about values because i know when you and i were in that chat and i mentioned that you, i heard you say living according to your values and i thought most people don't really know that <laughs> they haven't really done that work yeah. and, and so that would seem to be a real key moment or eye-opener for you yeah because what did you learn about your values that made you come awake well, I mean, because I think at the time I was in a job that was, as I mentioned, it was um, very high responsibility. It was, you know, and working towards very senior leadership in an oil oil company and things like that. And um, the to get to where I was going would would require um, demands on my time. Mm -hmm that that would take me more and more away from what I need to do to be healthy right um, and stress that that again takes me away from where where I need to be healthy mm -hmm. and I was you know for example um, I I, uh, I would have a weekend of relaxation and you know 
we have a yoga business, so even though we might be working, it's still a yoga business. Not that it doesn't come with its stress, but it's right. very restorative. You still get to, yeah, to participate recover. in your business. And then Monday morning, I'd hit the ground running and go at 100, you know, like 0 to 60 in three seconds and, right. and nonstop and work long hours. And then fine until Monday, Tuesday's great. Wednesday, start feeling a little tired. Thursday, much more tired. Friday, I, I, I can barely get out of bed. And, and so the, I guess the difference is you could take a, 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 a healthier person, a person without MS, let's say it that mm-hmm. way, in my position and have no problem continue. Right. For me, I, I ran out of energy. I ran out of steam too quickly and I needed more time to recover. And, um, I needed more flexibility in my time. Mm. And, uh, so at that point I started, I went to a four day work week. Okay. And so you made some adjustments. I made some adjustments in, in your life. And it's probably the first time at, at my company that anybody at my level of seniority had actually done something like that. There might have mm. been others. I'm not sure, but um, and it was and it was quite a change. So definitely, my company and my and the people I worked with were very supportive of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, in my own mind and what I see as my own responsibilities, that was a real struggle to walk away from the office on Thursday and not come back till right. Monday. While everybody else is still working Everything away. Everything's still going and then handing off things to other people mm-hmm. um, to, to take care of for me. And, uh, and you know, it kind of, um, it, was, it was difficult. It was a difficult adjustment to make. Uh, you know, going from somebody who always tried to be in control and be in charge to all of a sudden realizing that 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 wasn't supporting what I needed to do Mm. and so all these different things happened over time and eventually I moved into the type of work that I I mentioned earlier doing something that allowed me to um, work a little more independently um, be able to work from home more and things like that. So I am, you change jobs within the organization to make it a little bit over time, yeah, less, less stressful. Yeah, um, and and I wouldn't say less stressful, but less um, less immediate demands, mm. le- less things that needed my immediate attention and could suddenly cause me to work a twelve-hour day or, right. or something like that. Um, so, so, and it, and it gave me just a little bit, my, my, I managed my work a little differently. It was like, it was like where I controlled the pace of my work rather than the pace my work controlled me. Right. And that's where I moved to. And, um, and then, but then also like getting back to the concept of values, you know, just through all this, and this is taking place over years, not over a few days right. or a few weeks. This is like in a... And that's an important distinction to yeah. make, that this isn't a sudden awakening. Right, right. As it never is. It, it, sometimes it is. I do believe it sometimes is. Yeah. And I have had those moments as well. Of clarity. Not many, mm-hmm. um, but definitely there's that, that has occurred in my life mm-hmm. as well. But this was something that because of my own, I think it's because of my own resistance to this process, mm-hmm. it took years rather than moments. That's a good re- learning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. And so I, I started... Um, and again, as a result of these conversations I had had with other people that, that kind of reflected mm-hmm. what I was doing back at me, um, and, and kind of the things I was going through and, and the struggle I was going and kind of reflected back on me 
the choices I was making and the um, and where I was putting my attention, which was on everything else rather than on myself. On because why do I need to do that? I mean, I, I, I focus on myself when I do my yoga and my meditation. So the rest of the day is for everything else. Right. And it wasn't like that anymore. And so that, that kind of helped reflect that on me. And so then I started, again, thinking back to those times. I, I, I you know, and, and I, it was a, a time, these, these couple years really led me to some uh, interesting choices mm. that, um, that brought me to kind of the things that fill my day now and, and really inspire me. Mm. So some of the volunteerism that I do now, because it was right around that time that, that someone calls me up and said, um, you know, a friend of mine, she says, I've been teaching yoga at the Portage. I've been teaching the girls uh, yoga. And, uh, you know, my, my, my schedule doesn't allow me to do that. Would you be interested? I, write, I didn't even think about it. Yes, I would love to do that because just the concept. And that is the center for uh, you, the, youth, youth rehabilitation. With, with rehabilitation. Yeah, rehabilitating yeah. from substance abuse. Substance abuse, yeah. And, um, and just as soon as she said, I didn't even think about it because it just inspired me so much. It's like, right. yes, I absolutely want to do that. It was an instant yes. Yes, and I still do it, and I love it. And, uh, and at the same time, I was volunteering as a mentor for the um, St. John's Women's Empowerment Network mm-hmm. uh, for a program they had called Learn and Go, which is now called Working for Change, working with people. It's an anti-poverty program and, mm-hmm. and mentoring people who are developing projects to improve their neighborhood. And again, something that inspired me and kept drawing me in. And I was working with uh, Brenda Murphy, who's now our yes, lieutenant, uh, lieutenant governor, and she's hard to say no to. Yeah, and so I guess, <laughs> and so just working with Brenda. I mean, but she's such an impressive person yes. that you know you're automatically drawn to want to work more sure. and and uh, and volunteer more. And so that's another thing. So you know, it, having these realizations caused me to start saying yes to things that inspired me and no to things that right. didn't. And eventually, I found myself in a position where I'm doing work I love. I'm volunteering for things that inspire me. And I'm managing my business in a way that's, mm. that's true to what I really want to mm. see. Because one of the things you said to me is every time I had a health challenge, it led me to something bigger. Yeah. It, is that what you were talking about, these kinds of opportunities? Or yes. were you talking about other things as well? No, it's absolutely. Every health challenge I have had has led me to, um, because, you're, you know, because there's, there's scary things. Like when in 1999 I had... I had cancer and it was a very aggressive form of cervical cancer um, that, you know, immediately my life was put on hold and I had to do nothing but get better from this and fight this. And that's what I did. And when I was done, you know, you get back in. But but at the same time, that's when my husband, Stephen, approached and said, you know, because, again, it was also very stressful for him. It was something that we both went through. And... uh, and he said, you know, I really want to get into meditation. You know, it's something I, you know, you can read a book, but it's something I really want to learn how to do and learn it properly. And that's when we, um, we, we learned TM, Transcendental mm-hmm. Meditation. Uh, and it's also when I started doing yoga. And then, again, just thinking, all right, if I want to do something healthy, and these are things that are in the news, so let's try it. And, uh, and then when we did them, you know, at the time, it's like, wow, this is really good. But when you do it daily, you might not see a big difference. But then just over time, eventually you realize um, that my reaction to situations was different, mm-hmm. was a little calmer, was a little more relaxed. 
Um, I had had chronic back issues since I was 18. And all of a sudden I stopped having back problems. And it wasn't like... Because of the meditation? Or the... Because of the yoga. Yoga. Absolutely, because of the so yoga. So Stephen was doing the meditation. We both were doing both. Me- both, But you found the yoga very yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think, well, I mean, yoga is nothing but a moving meditation mm-hmm. anyway. So I think between the two... I don't think I've heard that before. Oh, yoga is a moving it is. meditation. It is. Yeah, absolutely is. People think it's for the body. It's absolutely for the mind. Okay. Because a person can stretch. Right. And it doesn't, you know, it's great for your muscles. It's great for the body, but it doesn't change your life. Right. And, uh, and that was the difference. So yoga, I, and, and our teacher, our meditation teacher, um, Maville, and he's, he's really awesome. We see him once in a while still around town and, he made a really interesting comment that I loved because, and it was, you know, because we were talking about, you know, is it better to do yoga before meditation or meditation before yoga? And he said, if you do meditation before yoga, it's better yoga. If you do yoga before meditation, it's better meditation. <laughs> and yoga as kind of the umbrella, because it's a very vast discipline. Yes. And people think of yoga as getting into a room of people wearing uh, you know, nice lowly or little, 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 <laughs> and, uh, and doing exercise. And now we also have a hot yoga studio. So people think yoga means getting into a place where you're going to hot, or you're going to really sweat and, uh, and have a good workout. All these connotations that we've built up through the years around yoga from, from branding, right? Sure. Once it came to the West, it became a branding thing. Um, but if you take the broader look at it and that's fine, if that's what someone wants, yeah. if that's all someone wants exercise. out of the yoga practice, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Um, cause yoga will meet you where you're at and give you what you need at that moment. And so, but the, I, I always refer to kind of in the philosophical part of yoga is around the eight limbs and in the eight limbs, there's the foundation and then there's layers that it builds up to what, I mean, if you're, if your goal in life is to become enlightened, that's kind of the peak of that mountain. Mm. Um, but there's all kinds of fulfillment in all the other layers along the way. So the very foundation is your um, is basically a code of conduct. Mm. You know, don't don't harm others, don't lie, don't right. cheat, don't steal, and that's what that's the very foundation. So is this like these are like philosophies for yoga? Yeah, what it is, and then you move through these different layers. It's it's really the philosophies mm-hmm. of yoga. It's what yoga really is. is. So if okay. you um, if you live a life of violence, like where you're abusing, you know, and then mm-hmm. that's a very rare people who actually live that way. But yeah. think of it this way. If you, if you have a life of, that involves violence, how can you quiet your mind? hundred percent. Um, if you're, if you live a life where you're lying all the time and you live always this web of lies, how can you ever have a quietness mm. and peace in you? You know, so yeah. really it's that, that ethical conduct right. that creates the foundation. And the next layer is your self-care. And that's where Ayurveda comes in. Okay. Um, how do you care for yourself? And that's your, your, your physical, you know, your practices, your, your cleanliness, um, just your self-care, your time for meditation. It's, and it's about creating that space for self-care. And then the next layer is your yoga, physical yoga practice, mm-hmm. doing asana, right? Doing the yoga postures. And that's when you start to settle the mind through that once you're doing it yeah that moving and meditation. i and i can attest to that for some of the yoga that i've done i would love to do more of it um you realize you you don't really have a whole lot of space for other thoughts when you're holding a pose 
Yeah. You know, when you're moving through it, you're like, okay, I've got to hold myself up here. I'm going into tree pose. I got to balance, you know? So it's kind of interesting that it, it pushes out the other thoughts as you concentrate. W- would that be correct? Am I experiencing it as it's supposed to? <laughs> and, and I love it that you're saying that because one thing, so a lot of people who say they don't do yoga because they're not flexible enough. And, and the thing I always like to say is it's the inflexible that are the best at it. I'll say more about that. Because when someone's really flexible, if someone has a like natural body that allows them to put their feet behind their head <laughs> um, or can do these poses really, or, or a, a, you know, a background of uh, gymnastics or, or dance right. or something right. like that that has led them, or even martial arts have led them to be extremely flexible. When they get into a pose that's so easy for them, they don't have to focus. And... Um, they may or may not. I could see that. Yeah, you can easily slip into it. Right. Yeah. So if you if you if a person comes to yoga for the first time and it just easily gets into the mm-hmm. poses, it's it's not a mm-hmm. challenge for them in their minds. Their mind okay. could yeah. wander. Because I'd be one of the people that are flexible, so it's easy for me to get into the poses. But where I would have the challenge is the strength. Yes. And the the Holding balance yeah. and the endurance. So yeah. you can get in there easily, but then you're going to get stalled out. And, with and these yeah. other things. And on the other side, if someone who's very maybe strong but very inflexible, right? There, the the pose is so difficult yeah. for them because of their range yeah. of flexibility that they're going to be so focused. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're doing yoga. Is when you're doing something, and it doesn't have to be a yoga posture. It could be doing the dishes. Yeah. It could be anything. And that's getting in kind of the mindfulness. Yes. Right. So it's it's. I'm glad you brought all that up because I've never looked at yoga that way before in terms of, you know, I look at it as exercise, but, but, and, and, and I know that it does have a meditate. I didn't, I don't know if I would have described it as meditative, but I know it pushes the other thoughts out just trying to have to do what's required of me. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting way to break that down. I haven't heard that before. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting perspective. And I take it when I teach it, I even take it to a new level where I say, it's not only holding the pose. It's about getting into the pose and getting out of the pose. That's getting into the moving meditation. So say more about that. So when you're, and this is what I see in a yoga class a lot, that you see, let's say if we're going to do, I'm going to say a pose that everybody's really familiar with, warrior two, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting, standing with your feet apart, your arms spread, and it's a fierce, strong Mm -hmm. pose. And almost everybody can do it right away. It's one of the easiest poses to get into. Um, But... When you are moving into the pose and focusing on the movement to get there. Because when there's injury, I mean, people can injure themselves in yoga like they can in any other type of physical activity. But the injuries occur usually when you're getting into the pose or getting out of the pose rather than when you're holding them. Mm. Um, Not that you can't hurt yourself holding a pose. But, but I can see that because I, I can see where you could strain something. You're pushing yeah. out of the pose, twist an ankle. Like there's all sorts of yeah. things like people you know, are in fall such over. <laughs> and when I see this in the yoga class, I see people rushing to get into the pose and they're trying to get into it at the most advanced level that they can handle. Right. Because we're competitive A types, you know, probably, it probably exactly. attracts a certain. Yeah. Person. And so I teach in a way that like, let's slow this down. You know, and there's another pose, side angle, which I really love. But people get bored with it because it's uh, they feel it's too easy, and and it's like hey, let's move on, let's start to bind in it, or let's you know try to lift one leg up in the air at the same time. And it's like, well, the purpose of the pose is to align your back. So when you start twisting and doing all these different things, you're not getting doing what you're what... supposed to out of it. Mm. So let's enjoy the process of getting into the pose. 
And now that you're in it, work on, yeah. you know, and I don't like the, to suggest that you're supposed to hold a pose in complete stillness, but it's about allowing the body to breathe and expand and contract while mm-hmm. you're in it. Yeah, because I think I could be accused of holding my breath. Because yeah. you, once you're in there, you realize, ah, and hold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Versus like, moving in it just, and I do meditation now, so I can understand how that could be a moving meditation, that when yeah. you're in it, allow yourself to breathe and be in flow. Right. Yeah. Because the, the most, number one most important aspect of a yoga pose is the breath, not the body. Mm. It's not about the alignment. The alignment's important. It's like maybe number yeah. three on the list of importance, but the number one is your breath. Because if you're not holding a pose in a way that's safe for your body, you're probably holding your breath or your breathing's become very shallow or mm-hmm. very labored, very ragged. And But because if your mind is somewhere else, if your mind's focused on where you're going rather than where you are, then you're, you're probably going to hurt yourself. And isn't that a great metaphor for life? We're, yeah. we're more focused on, we should be more focused on where we are versus, you know, where we're going, be, being in that present moment. Well, hence the struggle I had that I was talking about earlier. Which right? it, in terms of, of, remind us? Of, you know, doing all the right things. You mean from but, a health perspective? Right. You know, like yoga and meditation. And still... But then my mind was focused on where I was going, right. not where I was. Mm. Yeah. And I think many of us can be accused of that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. You, you said to me, you said that your happiness is more important than your health now. What uh, did you mean by that? Because I think health's pretty important, but it must have been... I mean, well, is it maybe it's fulfillment or is it probably the better way to say it is the health is a tool for my happiness. It's one of the, it's one of the things. Health is a tool for your happiness. Right. Because if, if you have pain, it's hard to feel right. Mentally happy. Good. Right. right? Yeah. Because, you know, and, and, and I think studies have shown that people with chronic illnesses or, or, or live in pain, um, suffer from mental health issues as a result sure. of that because of the pain creates depression or anxiety mm. all, a whole slew of things um and uh and so the health is important in order to help create a better state of mind mm. and um so yeah these are tools to help me to get to a point where i feel happy and fulfilled um so the yoga and meditation are all conduits for that mm. And they all circle back on each other, right? So doing a regular practice of yoga and meditation um, and the eating healthy and um, getting good rest, you know, I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Have to run every or do some type of cardio exercise every day. That's that's part of my health blueprint Mm -hmm. that I need to do. Um, Help create me, create for me a more uh, healthy body, a more healthy mind a quieter state of mind through the rest of the day because mm. I don't do these things, the yoga and meditation to be in them all the time. I do them t- to support my daily life mm. and in, in, and set me up to be able to better interact with my environment. Mm. And how does that do that? What does it do for you? The yoga and meditation by helping to quiet the mind, D- just the co- pure, right. just create, settling yourself into your quieting mind. the mind, creating a healthy body. Like I mentioned, I have to do cardio exercise because I, if I don't, I, I, uh, that leads over time to me having chronic fatigue. Mm. 
So I have to do cardio, even though I don't like it. <laughs> I'd rather just do yoga. Um, but I have to do cardio exercise every day or I will have serious issues with fatigue. And I know that from direct experience. Mm. And um, so it's, I'm not running every day because I want to. I'm doing it because I have to. And I choose running because it just in my home, that's the most convenient way right. to get that. And, um, and that allows me to function for the rest of my week by having that daily practice. And same mm. with yoga and meditation. Yeah. It allows me to function through the rest of my, my day because my body's healthy. My mind's more clear. My mm. mind functions better. I do a lot of puzzles. Yes. Do you? Uh, and you know, and I do them online and I find I have better scores after. <laughs> what kind of puzzles? Like, uh, I do sudo, sudoku. All sorts sudoku, of things. Sudoku. I yeah. always say it wrong. Um, and there's uh, another one online, Lumosity, I, you know, with all these different games. Mm -hmm. Uh, so these, just these mind games that. Is that part of a health regime? It's is being purposeful well, to I like help it keep too. it. You like it. I do like it. Yeah. I mean, so I'm drawn to it because I enjoy them. <laughs> it's an easy one. But you. I absolutely notice a difference in my scores when I run just before it versus when I don't. Oh, really? I notice the difference in my scores when I get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. I notice my scores decline when I get too much sleep. So if I sleep too long, if I sleep in, wow. my scores go down. So the, this, these puzzles that you do have become a marker, an indicator. Yeah, it's my KPI. My yeah, key performance yeah. indicator. <laughs> oh, you're such a corporate girl. The KPI. <laughs> <laughs> I love the mix of yoga with KPIs. <laughs> But that, that's so interesting. Yeah. But that's interesting that you have that kind of self-awareness that you realize, you know, because so many of us, we want to exercise more. We know we should be doing it. Yeah. And we don't do things sometimes until something shows up. Right. And you've had it show up for you. And now you can see direct correlation to your own health. Right. Uh, some measures right. That, that knows whether you're on track or not. Right. Yeah. Well, and like you're right. I am a corporate person, right? <laughs> I do. And, and I'm achievement, achievement oriented. Yes. And, uh, and I love the idea of measurement. And, uh, and so if I'm going to do this, I need to know, <laughs> and I mean, this is con this completely contra contradicts everything that you would expect yoga to teach. Yes. It's about like just enjoying it and being in the moment. But I, you know, I do need a little bit of proof, mm. you know, I'm always <laughs> looking for a little bit of proof. And uh, I'm yeah, always, I can resonate with that. I'm always a skeptic. Yeah. Always. My husband will always accuse me of it. He goes, you always have to say, well, how do you know? Yeah. Well, how do you know? Right. Yeah. I, I just, you know, you're just curious. You're like. Well, can you show me something or? But how can uh, I, belief, how can I, right? especially having a yoga business and being a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher, yeah. how can I, how can I convince other people if I can't right. somehow give them the validation for it? I mean, it's like you act, you ask a person in the case of starting a meditation pro, um, program or practice, how can you expect a person to give up 20 or 40 minutes of their day? If they don't know why they're doing it, it and say hundred percent, and how can you say in in our Western world, how can you say just trust me? Yeah, you know they some will, but mm -hmm. I mean, and because in the you know in the Eastern world in the old days, your teachers had much more power than we have right, today. And right in our world, and um, maybe we're more of a proof society. Are we? We are. Yeah, we want to know 
I, I, it, I, people are always tuned into one radio station. I've heard W I I F M. What's in it for me, <laughs> right? Yes. So if if I'm going to commit to something for twenty or forty minutes, uh, I can see. You know, we want to know what the benefits are. Yeah. And I know, you know. So if people don't realize the connection that Christine is married to uh, Stephen Joyce, who was on our podcast last summer, I think it's episode twenty-seven. So you can go listen to him talk about yoga and meditation as well. But um, you know, it was really his inspiration that made me want to take up meditation. And I've probably heard it enough times that I said, I'm going to do this. But I think I just began to trust. I'm hearing enough people say there's evidence to support this that I'm willing to try without knowing what my immediate result right. will be. Yeah. And uh, I was just reading from the Power of Now yesterday with Eckhart Tolle, and he was talking about people asking about meditation and, you know, looking for evidence. He says, don't ask for um, um, evidence, be, be the evidence. Yeah. So I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. You know? so but true. most people won't buy that. They're like, why don't you show me first and then, and then I'll do it. Yeah. So, cause this is getting back to the concept of choices, right? Yes. You have 24 hours in your day. Right. What we can prioritize, what right. we want to do. Cause I'm a list maker, right? Okay, what am I going to do with my <laughs> and, day? And you check it off. It makes you feel good. <laughs> And so you have 24 hours in your day and how, how are you spending those 24 hours? And, and you know, there's a certain amount that you need for your health, mm-hmm. your sleep, how you eat, your, 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 whatever health practices, whether it's yoga, meditation, yeah. or some other type of activity, what are the things that you need to do every day to fill that? And on top of that, what do you, what time do you need for your family? What time do you need for right. your job and everything else? What time do you need for just, you know, relaxing and decompressing so how do you break that up and so when you come to somebody and say well it would serve you to spend 20 minutes in your morning and uh and meditate so for most people they would say if i need 20 minutes because and a lot of people just say yeah i can do that and then they try and this i think steven mentioned in his podcast women tend to be less successful in carving out that time than men. Mm -hmm. We we have seen that in our business um, because men say, okay, I got that. And they, they make the time Mm -hmm. and they just go and do it. Uh, Where women are, are, would say, we're more more likely to say, I'll do that. But first I put on, I need to put on a load of laundry and then I need to feed the dog and then I need to make the kids lunches. And then I'll, and then, and then I'll do this. And then, and then, and then, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to get to work. I don't have time anymore. So for most of us, we say, how do you carve that time? And how do you set that time? Well, if I need to make 20 minutes a day of meditation, that means that I need to get up 20 minutes earlier. That means I'm giving up 20 minutes of sleep. So if I'm giving up, if I'm getting up 20 minutes earlier, can I go to bed 20 minutes earlier than right. before? I mean, and I'm, I'm being very yeah. black and white about mm-hmm. it. And it's not always that way with most people, but at the end of the day, Time is very linear mm-hmm. and we carve out our choices. And right. I think that's why I appreciate this conversation um, because I too have had, you know, witnessed my mother at a young age falter and pass away as, you know, due to, you know, we don't really know. I mean, uh, so I appreciate these because you're, you're indicating, you know, we have all these wonderful practices, but I love how you're, you're saying it's, sh- I can measure this. I can, I know this makes a difference in my health mm-hmm. and I think what prompted me to do meditation was Stephen's really description of the intangible, that meditation has the capacity 
to erase or dissolve that chronic stress that builds up over time. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've had this conversation with my own doctor, all sorts of different kinds of practitioners that the number one thing people come in to to see the doctor is stress related. It's just this generalized stress, but stress isn't a broken arm. It's stuff you can't see. And so before a health condition appears, it'd be, you know, I like the idea that we could do all these wonderful things, or maybe there's something brewing that you can actually maybe won't rear its ugly head if there were these health practices, right? you know? So that's for myself, part of the reason why I said, I'm going to trust this meditation thing and really commit to, you know, going inside and seeing what, you know, is happening. So. Yeah. So I, so I totally agree with you, even though it's, you know, you're setting up as a black and white thing, the choices and the priorities are mm-hmm. our own. And as you say, you know, we have to all own them. And, and for me, and, and, and I know this always sounds crazy. And I've said this many times before, and people always look at me like it's, like it's an odd statement is that I have been fortunate enough to have very serious life-threatening or life-challenging illnesses yes. because nothing else would have set me on this path. Right. And, but I would have still gone through a lifestyle that would have very high stress, um, very demanding on my time, and I may not have done any health practices. And then all of a sudden, I would find myself in a situation that may not be reversible. Right. Something could have been much more sudden. Right. Mm. And, and it happens all the time, right? That, right. that all of a sudden, um, it, when you think of illnesses that happen later in life that um you know maybe old age old age should be good right mm. you, you we expect it to be good and yes. to be a time of enjoying life true golden years right right, right. Yeah. and what are those if you don't have your health absolutely and so how many choices could we make younger in life or at it, not even when you're younger at any point any in your point life you can start that right. can help you yeah. prepare for that. And, so and really that's, you know, again, I always come back. I plan to live to be a hundred years old and teach yoga until my hundredth birthday. <laughs> and how can I do that if I don't have health? Right. And, and really, you know, this sort of speaks to you with your corporate self and the leadership, you know, leading by example, right? When we see you doing it and, and I know this is an audio program, but Christine's sitting before me and she's very vibrant and happy <laughs> and glowing. So, uh, I think it's a testament to all of the practices that you have going on in your life and obviously a good mindset as well. Yeah. But, it, and, and thank you for saying that. And I want to always, it doesn't mean that I'm doing everything perfectly, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, but it's about having awareness mm-hmm. of the choices I make. Because mm-hmm. I still make bad choices, yeah. but I make them saying, well, okay, today. Forgive yourself and move on. <laughs> right. Today I'm going to have that bowl of ice cream, even though yes. I know it's going to make me feel crappy later. But, you know, it's and just I think that's moment. an important distinction to make because it's easy when we're talking about this. It feels like we're, you know, could be setting some sort of standard, you know, they've figured it out or she's figured it out or something. And it's not. It's the imperfect imperfectness of it. I just wrote a blog called How I Started an Imperfect Meditation uh, Practice. And then that's why I wanted to stick the word imperfect in there. Yeah. You know, I say I have not I got that. I have not got this that's figured awesome. out. Yeah. Not even close. Right. And if you wake up late and you don't meditate and then I'm like, OK, I'll do it tomorrow. Right. But it's more, yeah. but it's, you're right. It's the awareness and the consciousness yeah. and just keep returning to the thing that you want to be doing. Right. And so let's say if I were to give up my, if I, you know, I mentioned the other day that we have a puppy at home now, right? And, and he yes. totally consumes my life <laughs> and he's interrupted my meditation practice. And so I know yeah. 
at some point, if I don't get back to this, I will have problems with coping. I know that there'll be a point at which stress, I don't handle stress as well as I, as I could if I get away from my yoga, my meditation practice for too long. And so I do know I need to get back Mm -hmm. to it, but at least I know that going in so that when I do have those moments of, um, you know, of, of, of stress that's gotten out of control or that I haven't been able to manage. It's like, I know why this is happening. Yeah. And so this is my reminder. I need to get back. Yeah. Um, rather than scratching my head saying, you know, why is my life so difficult? Why is, you know, why is this happening? Why is that right. happening? It's like you walk in. So it's the opposite. You know how people always say, well, um, either ask, ask for permission before or ask for forgiveness <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, you know, you can give yourself permission to not be perfect once in a while Knowing that you can always get back there. The self-compassion. Right? Yeah, Just yeah, Just go exactly. easy on yourself. But again, time is linear mm-hmm. and it's not going to wait for you. So don't use it as get... an excuse. <laughs> don't, don't let it go too long. There's a fine balance. Right, because you, you know, 10 years later, <laughs> you're going to have, you know, it's going to lead to something yeah. that's going to lead you to a place that you didn't plan to be on. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so... You have to always remember time keeps moving on and you do need to get back. You can't keep putting these things yeah. off, but you need to be able to give yourself permission. Yeah. But as long as you know to get mm. back. I'm curious on this, all that you've been through, have you found your most authentic self? Oh, that's an interesting question. For whatever you call that <laughs> authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to answer that. I, I mean, I would like to think that I am living completely authentically mm-hmm. and when I you know th- there are still moments where it's like okay why did I respond that way or um is this really being mm-hmm. who I believe I am um but it's it's the authentic self comes at those moments where you feel mm-hmm. really good about what you're doing and why mm-hmm. and you you know it's like you feel that feeling in your heart that you're doing the right thing Mm. that's when i feel like that's my authentic self and i can't say i'm there a hundred percent of the time because we still do get and i i should say i I shouldn't say we i should (laughs) i still get caught up in moments of um moving forward unconsciously and just going you know like rushing forward and, and not being aware and i catch myself and because usually afterwards, because things didn't go the way I expected, okay, was I was I living according to my values? Mm-hmm. Was I being authentic? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I need to go back and uh, and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. So I I have to say, I haven't mm-hmm. slowed down enough to always have that awareness and to always say mm-hmm. yes, this is this. Like I'm completely living with my authentic self, my true values. Um, but most of the time, I'm there. You feel yeah. Authentic. What's been the um, the lesson that's been hardest to learn that I can't do everything. Hmm. You know, like it's up until geez, even just a few years ago, I would believe that I can do anything. Um, and I can do everything. (laughs) And, uh, so, and now, and now, it's like, okay, maybe I could have, um, but is it what I really want to do or is it what I really need to do? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that the, the type of place I want to place, put my energy? You know, because 
and maybe this is, again, this is something I think women tend to do a lot of is that try to do everything um, and try to be the best at everything. And I, I, mm -hmm. I think you could say that of a lot of men as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, you know, I don't have to be the... I guess it's more about being part of a community rather than being the best at one thing or another. Um, it's just like living in a community where we're all moving forward and being the best, best of ourselves. Mm. That sounds a little corny, um, but you know, and it is a little bit of a cliche. It's like instead of being the best this or that, it's just being the best person I am, mm. best person I was meant to be. Mm. Um, and what's the greatest lesson or the biggest thing that you've learned? thus far about yourself the best I would say is this concept of being able to live in the moment and enjoy the moments for what they are mm. rather than always moving towards something always moving toward a particular goal and you know because for the longest time and I still have moments of this but there's 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 always this feeling where you need to um, be achieving something at every given moment. Mm -hmm. It's like I have a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon. Let's make a list of everything that I want to spend. How, how can I best spend those hours um, rather than enjoying a moment of just being at peace? Right. Move away from the achiever self. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I carve out those 20 minutes in the morning where I can be with myself and the rest of the day I'm going to be like achieving doing is the achiever self the ego piece of yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we were discussing about uh, the Michael Singer you had said in your email. I love because I love Michael Singer, the Untethered Soul, as well. And you talk about lean away uh, from fear. Yeah. And it feels like that egoic mind moving toward the authentic self, returning to love, returning to self compassion. Yeah. 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 Because that there is that drive to always be achieving <laughs> and doing. Because and how do you overcome that when you feel that drive and you know you've sort of slipped into ego mode and we have to move about in this world, how do you sort of back yourself off of that and go, I'm going to give myself permission to just be, to be restorative on Sunday? Well, it's because I, I want to, what I have to do is every once in a while I sit back and think, well, what do I have in my life? And, and is it what I want? Mm. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Right? Do I have what I want in my life? Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the work I do. I have... Um, you know, I'm the business I love and why do I love having yoga business? Because we're bringing, um, methods of people to learn. We're, we're teaching people methods of self care of how right. to be healthier and, and more mindful. So we're, we're creating that environment. And that's, that's the thing I love about the business of having yoga and meditation. Um, the volunteerism is very fulfilling and meaningful to me and very, and it inspires me. Uh, you know, so you look at all the things in your life and is, is this, is this what I want? Is this mm -hmm. what I love? Yes. Is, is there, there may be more things that I want to continue to work on, but at the, but at the same time, it's about being able to sit back and say, okay, am I satisfied? Yes. Cause dissatisfaction leads to illness. Mm. Well, there's a little sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> dissatisfaction leads to illness. That's going to jump out at a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Because how often are we dissatisfied with something? Right. Even ourselves, you know. Yeah. I mean, so it, 
It's all circular. It all ends up coming back. Yeah, it all comes around, doesn't it? Right. Because the moment you learn to settle your mind, that's what leads to these moments of being satisfied, being content. Mm, It's true. When I talk about those layers of yoga, those Mm -hmm. pillars, well, that second layer, that self-care, one of the foundational concepts is contentness, being content. Being content. With what you are mm. and where you are and what you have. Right. No matter what is the situation. Right. I think, you know, just to be able to accept and if it's something that you want to change, then you then you can. Right. right. But sometimes you can't. Right. And so not I, immediately. Right. 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 So it's like, okay, yeah. Well, so it's a tough one. What does that mean? And yeah. um what do you do with this moment? Mm. It's like when I when I had my MS attack, I you know, I, I had lost function of my left hand. So, um, I was numb. I was in numb, but end in pain as well. So I had parts of my body that was numb, but also extreme pain. Um, I had double vision, so I couldn't see, I couldn't read. I couldn't, because I only, I didn't have coordination. So I I couldn't even use a computer. I couldn't read. I had trouble watching things. I could hear. Okay. Um, and I was exhausted all the time. I was like Mm. sleeping all the time. Um, but then as treatment, they put me on steroids so that the one thing I could do, which was sleep that I lost that I couldn't even sleep. So I I had nothing to do, but sit and be with myself for hours and, um, and sit also at the same time, I had a huge amount of fear because I didn't have a a proper diagnosis at that time. Right. So it's, it's, so you have those moments where you have nothing to do, but be with yourself and be with this, this discontent. Right. And how does that feel? Right. Especially if you're in a position where you, you're at that moment, you can't do anything about it. About it. Mm. So you have to just be with it. And, um, did that, did that teach you to be, be with things to be with? That oh, yeah, situation? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same with when I had taught you same with when I had cancer, I had, I had surgery and all I, I wasn't allowed to do anything for six weeks. And for someone who was always trying to be busy, right. I wasn't even allowed to do the dishes. I could only walk a few feet before I get tired. And so again, I had like this period of time where all I could do was sit, and and I actually at last, at that point I could even, I could at least read. So I read and read and read, and that's where I kind of went down. A, it led me to more healthy, more things, um, choices, and and taught me more about healthy lifestyle. And but then with the MS attack, which was eleven years later, I I had to sit and I couldn't even read. So I, all I had was my thoughts. So again, it forced you to be still. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So interesting that the universe or whatever, or your condition sort of forces you if you don't do it. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's the way I believe life works. If there's lots of messages. There's a little tap on oh, the door. those messages. Yeah, there's little knocks on the door. No, okay, I'll get you later. I'll get you later. I'll get you later. Yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. the door's knocked down. Yeah. It's like, here I am, <laughs> oh ready or not, and deal with it. It's so interesting because when I was reading these passages yesterday in The Power of Now, that was one of the things that Eckhart Tolle was talking about. It was kind of blowing my mind. And he was talking about if you don't spend time on the inside of your body, um, shady characters will show up. <laughs> and I thought that's a good way to look at it. But he said, when you're in there being present, it's like you're protecting that space yeah. and nothing can invade it. Right. And I thought, Ooh, I have to go back and reread that passage. That yeah. was hitting me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I thought shady characters. We don't, who is that? We have squatters in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. 
Very true. Last yeah. question. What, what would you, advice would you give your 15 year old self or your younger self knowing what you know now? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. There's so much. Um, I think the, the biggest thing would be, um, I would just say everything's going to be okay. Mm. You know, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. That's the biggest message. And that's the message I want everybody to understand. And even there's moments in my own life where I, I need to give myself that message. Mm. It's going to be okay. You're always going to have everything you need. Mm. I remember when I, when I did have cancer and I, and I was going through that recovery, a friend of mine had given me a book called, I believe the name was Finding Your Way Home by Melody Beattie. Okay. Um, it was such a beautiful book, and I cried and cried and cried reading it. <laughs> Stephen would come home from work, and I'd be sitting there bawling my eyes out. He's like, is everything okay? What happened? And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm right? reading a book. I'm reading a book. <laughs> but um, that was a book that, that her message was, life will always give you what you need, mm-hmm. and it always gives you, and everybody's always heard this mm-hmm. saying, it always gives you what you can handle. Right. Um, and you need to just trust that it's all going to be okay. Mm. And so even in the difficult times and the, in the most, you know, times that seem so unfair and so difficult and, and how are you ever going to get through this? You do. And it gets better. And, and you just live in the moment. Trust that everything's going to be okay. And uh, when you have these moments where you don't have control, then just be with it. And... and live through that moment mm. don't try to run away from it because run away from it is is what leads to addictions right if we don't face trying to get away from the pain get away from right. the discomfort leads us to distractions and addictions could be simply like you're reading your phone or getting into right. your social media i mean those are distractions um no different from substance abuse it's still an right. i mean different impacts in the long term but it's still a form of addiction. Yeah. And, uh, and if you can't learn to be with the moment and be with yourself and trust that moment, then you're just going to distract yourself and whatever it is you need from that moment is, is not going away and it's going to keep coming back. Mm, it's just going to return. Whenever I start a yoga class, I always say the same thing. I always say, do no harm to your body, no harm to your mind. And trust that where you are with your practice is exactly as it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great message to end on. <laughs> I love it all. Everything's going to be okay. Right. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.